0: a Woodside
1: Church podcast. Good morning. So we're starting a series, a short series, which is called The Sound of Christmas. And each week we'll be be building on that subject right through until I think the 18th of December. And today it's called The Sound of Comfort. And... uh, you know, as 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 we have Remembrance Day, we're praying for comfort for people, and so it's a very relevant subject. Um, what we have at the beginning of each of these talks is we've, we're going to have someone reading to us the passage that we're looking at because they're quite long passages, and today we have the privilege of uh, of having Candy, uh, Candy Crow. Uh, speaking to us over the microphones, so she's going to look at uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 5 through to 25 and it's going to be up here on the screen Luke chapter 1 verse 5
0: to 25 in the days of Herod king of Judea there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them, and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying... Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people.
1: Thank you, Candy. So we're talking about comfort, the sound of comfort. It's not really a word that we use a lot. um, But I'd just like to know, when you think of comfort, what do you think of? And so if you just shout it out, we've only got a minute to do this, but if you could just shout out, what comes to mind when you think of comfort? Sorry? Death. Bed, bed, Bed. 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 okay. (laughs) Yeah? Warm, home, home. Home. Camping. Camping. (laughs) Good. Sorry, hot chocolate. Wow. Yeah. Hugs. Hugs. Oh. Peace. Peace. Nature. Nature. Yeah. Warmth. Warmth. Understanding. Friends. yeah burden lifted, burden lifted. Wife. was that wife <laughs> who said that was that you was was that was that you or was that your wife <laughs> okay we won't go into any more any more uh, detail on that one but um those are great and uh Absorb those things, the things that you've said or the things that you've heard there. These are sounds of comfort. And this passage that we're looking at in, in Luke, there are sounds of comfort come to a man called Zacharias. Zacharias was married to Elizabeth. They, they were both in the line of the priesthood and, uh, and Zacharias was one of a number of priests and, and a a group of priests a very large group and and perhaps in their lifetime it came to the point where they could go into the temple and and bring incense before god and prayers before god it it might be that it would never happen in a priest's life but it did happen for him and he has a An encounter with an angel and the angel brings sounds of comfort to Zacharias it's quite typical in the Bible that when someone sees an angel in the Old Testament it says that they're afraid and Zacharias was no um, no different to this he was afraid and the angel said do not be afraid how many of us need to hear words of comfort like that when we're in different situations zachariah needed to hear those words perhaps he was thinking i've worked all my life to live according to the law to be righteous I wonder, have I done it? And here is an angel, perhaps, come to bring judgment. But he says, don't be afraid. And all of a sudden, he relaxes inside, just like we might when we have that warm, hot chocolate or whatever experience that we've just described there and and then the angel goes on and he says something more. He says, Your prayer has been heard. Doesn't say when Zachariah prayed this prayer. Uh, it probably was a long time ago when he married Elizabeth. Because what they found was was that they couldn't have children. And the two of them, I'm quite sure, as they saw examples from the Old Testament, from the stories that they'd been brought up with of Abraham and Sarah and so on, we can pray to God. And so they prayed and they sought God for a child. But now they were old and that prayer had not been answered. And another word of comfort that the angel brings into Zacharias's life is, your prayer has been heard. When God says heard, it means he will do. He tells us, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So when God says he's heard something, it means he's going to do it. Wow, what a comfort this would be for him. And, And he then goes on and he says, your wife will bear a son. You know, they'd lived under shame in their culture and many people had said that they or probably said that they had sinned and that this was a judgment on them, this was a curse on them, that they didn't have any children. But here, God was giving a son, which is what they all wanted, first a son. And then the angel goes on and he brings another word of comfort. He says, he will be called John. And John, the meaning which I'm sure Zacharias knew meant Jehovah is a gracious giver. You might have been working all your life to satisfy the law and wondering whether you'd achieved it, but God is saying, I'm gonna give you something. You don't have to earn this answer to prayer. I'm going to give you something so graciously. And he then goes on and says what his son is going to do. His son is going to have a purpose. In fact, his son is going to bring into this world, prepare the the way into this world for the Lord Jesus. This brings comfort to both Zachariah and to his wife Elizabeth. And we can only just imagine how they felt. But you know, something else was going on here. Yes, there was comfort being brought to Zachariah and to Elizabeth, but actually what was happening was that God was breaking into history and he was going to bring comfort to the whole nation of Israel. Because the things that were said by the angel to Zachariah actually they reflected words from the book of Isaiah chapter 40, and it reads this. Comfort, yes, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare or her punishment is ended. Her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain shall be brought low and the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Comfort for Israel. When this passage was originally written, the people of Israel were in bondage in Babylon. And God was speaking comfort. They they were going to come out after 70 years. They were going to come out. And they were going to come out to freedom. At the same time that Zachariah was living there in Israel, they were under bondage to the Romans. The Romans had been over and controlling their nation for over 60 years. And you can imagine what it was like as we see the stories of, of Ukraine and Russia and, and the horrors that happen uh, in, in that situation of oppression. And what they'd been praying for. And here, God was speaking in. Past Babylon to another time. And it was going to be this time. When Israel was under the rule of Rome. What was spoken in Isaiah was going to be John's ministry. This was going to be exactly what he would do. He would bring comfort to the nation of Israel. He would bring words of comfort. He would tell them that you can have forgiveness of sins. The punishment is is over. You, You might think you've been under punishment because of your sin and that's why you're oppressed as a nation, but it's over. Something great is happening. And John would prepare the way forward for the salvation of Israel. He would prepare the way for Jesus. And he would say, behold. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He would say to the people that he was speaking to and preaching, repent, the time is at hand. You know, we don't think of comfort when we think of the word repent. But actually in the Old Testament, the very word used for repent is also the word used for comfort. Same word. Because God knows that when we repent, that frees us from the burden of shame, the burden of guilt, the burden of everything that sin brings. And we're free, and that repentance brings comfort. And John knew that, and so as soon as he moved into that ministry, that's exactly what he was speaking. I'd like us to look though and think: when, when, in the world, what do we think of when we think of comfort? What does the world bring for comfort? Well. Obviously, comfort from others. Unfortunately, it's not always easy to comfort people, is it? Have you ever tried to comfort someone who is grieving? You know, we say the wrong words sometimes. We try to calm someone down, but actually sometimes we make it worse. But we still will comfort people in their grief, but there are times when we can comfort them. I remember one time I'd been working, I was working for Motorola at the time, and the job that year had been very, very difficult, and I'd really felt as though I was just by myself, battling away in this particular role that I was in. And anyway, there was a group of us managers, and we we were off for a a weekend and it was a training weekend and up in the Lake District. And um, we had this exercise to do and there was a wall which had a little rim on it. It was about one inch thick, maybe a little bit, maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe it was a little bit more than that. And uh, we had to go along this rim with our feet on it and get to the other side of of this building. Now that sounds impossible, which it was, um, but there were holes in the wall. And so we started off, we had to get this team over to that side and another team over to this side. And so we started off and the first person would go and start to edge along and they're holding on to these little hole grips. Trouble was, you got to a certain point and there was no more grips. Nothing to hold on to. And so we we were meant to be intelligent managers, and and so we were meant to come up with a solution. And then suddenly somebody said, well, yeah, well, how about if we all move out, and whilst I've got my fingers in the grip, I hold on to you where you don't have your fingers in any holes. And we thought, well, I don't know if that's going to work. So we we, we edged out and the first person, I can't remember whether that was me or somebody else, and we edged out, got to that point and there was nothing to hold on to and somebody's hand came behind us. And you know what? It worked. It held us up. And actually we could keep on doing that all the way along the wall with each person holding a hand behind that person. You know, when this person, I remember, he was, a, he was a big, big guy, an American guy, very athletic looking. And he was called Bob. And he just put his hand on my back. You cannot believe the feeling that I had. All year I felt as though I had no support. I had just been struggling and struggling. And there this hand comes and just says, I'm there. And I remember it till the, you know, the day I die. And, and so we can comfort each other. We can do that. But you know, often to get comfort, we look for a comfortable life. We think, how can I engineer and work a comfortable life? We seek to be comfortable financially. And we seek to have the right number of pounds in the bank. It's never enough. We're always told it should be more, and so we're seeking to have this increasing bank balance, which will look after us. We're looking for that. But you know, sometimes also just a number can comfort us. That's all we're looking for is a number. This week, as as. Um, Hudson said, it's been a tough week for us. My wife, Joy, she, she had a, um, a kidney infection. And when she went into A&E on Sunday night, we were looking for a number. We were, they, would take, they would do some tests, do some blood tests, and they would come up with two particular markers, as they call them. And, uh, and the one marker that we were looking for, which was to do with whether the infection was getting worse, It came through good. It came through less. We were going in the right direction. Oh, that was comfortable. That was a comfort. So even just a number sometimes can bring us comfort. Other times we look for comfortable surroundings, don't we? And uh, like to have a home that's like that. Other times we might have that hot chocolate. Or we might even... Do comfort eating? Has anybody ever done that? That's all right in small measure, yeah. It's just when it gets a bit too extreme and it goes the wrong way, you know, and we overdo it. So it's not an easy thing to deal with this comfort. And in fact, there's a big but there. The world tells us you can get too comfortable. Shake out of it. Step out of your comfort zone. Too much comfort's bad for you. And so, how do we deal with this? Because the Bible is saying, I bring you comfort, and we're saying, I'm not sure. You know, am I really meant to have this? You know, if, if I'm really gonna go for it. But God's comfort is different. I'd like to read 2 Corinthians, what God says in 2 Corinthians chapter one verse three and four. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In this verse, first of all, God comes to us as father, a comforting father. But then not just a father, but a father of mercies. If we've done anything, if we've messed up, he forgives us. There's nothing between us and him. We don't have to look at his eyes and think, is he unhappy with me? No, he's a father of mercies. But then it goes on and it says he's a God of all comfort, all comfort. When God says all, he means all comfort. And the word here, it's I'll try not to go into things like Greek and Hebrew words too much, but but on this occasion we've got to go into it. It's it's paracalio. Paracalio. Para means alongside, beside. Callio means to call. So you put the two together, it means to call to one side. And sometimes that might be God calling to our side, but other times it's where we call. So don't feel it's wrong when we say, come Holy Spirit, because actually it's, it's our choice. And we can say, come, come. God is the God of all comfort for tribulation, for trouble. And then it says, whatever comfort we've got, we can pass it on. But you know, we can't pass on anything if we haven't first received it. The God of comfort in the Bible is very explicitly described as being the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this in John chapter 14, he said, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper in this translation, actually is the word comforter. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. However, when he, the Spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you jesus was talking about the holy spirit and so I just want us to look at a diagram here <clears throat> because actually the, all the different versions, because I read lots of different versions on this, and they instead of using the word comforter, many of them use a different word, but it's all wrapped up in this Greek word which is paracletus. It's the noun, paracletus. And these are the things that It could be. So the comforter in the middle, sometimes, well, first of all, he's the Holy Spirit. So let's remember, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in these passages. Sometimes he's talked about as being the advocate. Somebody, for instance, who goes to someone else on your behalf and makes an appeal on behalf of you. That's the Holy Spirit, our comforter. He can be an intercessor. An intercessor is someone who stands between two people and intercedes on behalf of the other one as we do in prayer. That's another word for comforter. Counselor. He can give us counsel. We don't have wisdom. We don't know what to do. We're confused. The Holy Spirit will give us counsel. Counsel. The Helper. Wow, do we need help sometimes? The Holy Spirit. That's his name. Helper. The Helper. That's how it's translated in the New King James Version. The Strengthener. The Strengthener. Where do we get strength from? He'll give it to us. That's his name. And I like this one. The Standby. He just stands by us. This is the name of the Holy Spirit. This is the name of the God of comfort. And so very quickly, let's just look at what is being said that he does. What are the things that the Holy Spirit does? First of all, it says he dwells with us. He's with us. Sometimes we just need somebody to be with us. Through something. But then it goes further. And says an amazing thing. He dwells in us. You know you can think of. You know some of you are sitting quite close to to each other. Hopefully if you're very close. It might be your wife or someone like that. But, But you know you can be right close. You can be touching someone. But you know he's even closer than that. Because he's in us. I think we could spend the rest of our lives trying to work out the depth of what that means. And you know, when we're in a difficult situation or any situation, to, to lift our eyes, there's a verse that in Psalm 121 I've been looking at, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence does my help come. Well, we just need to <clears throat> just lift up our attention to the fact that he is in us ready to help us and do something for us he will teach us all things whatever we need to know he will teach us those things he will remind us of what God has said sometimes our memories aren't as good as they should be and especially when we're in stress God can bring something to our mind just like that there's one time when I was in China and I'd gone to China and I was by myself joy was at home and, uh, and I'd gone out there maybe for three months, which is not a nice time to live by yourself alone for three months in China. And, and, and I was in a hotel room and I'd just arrived there and I'd just gone to meet some of the guys and so on. Things weren't doing well. And you know what? I came back to my cold hotel room and I'm just thinking, Oh God, what is happening here? and then the holy spirit just brings the word to me where it was it was about paul paul was in prison and he, and it says jesus stood by him that changed everything for paul paul suddenly had courage for what the future would hold he will convict of sin And sometimes we, each of us, it's not just for the people out there, we need to be ready to be convicted of sin because it's only when we allow him to convict us of sin and go through the pain of dealing with that will we know comfort. And he'll guide us into all truth. He'll tell us about things perhaps even to come and give us a confidence about how things are going. Above all, he'll tell us about Jesus. And even more so, he will glorify Jesus, the one that we've been singing about, the one that we've been saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that even gives us the desire to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so let's just try to make this practical. How do we get this comfort? First of all, in Acts chapter 9, it it tells us about the church at that time. It says, the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, they had peace and they were edified, they were built up, encouraged. And it says, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied, multiplied. This comfort of the Holy Spirit multiplied them, gave them peace, and multiplied them. So, how do we get the comfort of God? We get it, let's remember, it comes from the Holy Spirit. Secondly, it says this in Romans 15 it says, But whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We get this comfort as we learn from the scriptures. The first verse talks about as we walk in the Holy Spirit. That's what the church did. They walked step by step, one step at a time, no guarantee of the step after that, one step at a time, we walk in the Holy Spirit. But here it says, we learn from the scriptures. We will be very, very shallow as people in God if we do not learn from the scriptures. And, and I mean seriously, learn. Every day of our lives. So I've got a diagram here. How do we get comfort? It goes just like this. We get comfort as the Holy Spirit and the scriptures bring comfort into our lives. That's, where, that's how we're going to get comfort. We can go to the world. We can go to the, the hot chocolate and all that sort of thing. But you know, it's not going to fix it all. We get it that way. And once we've got it that way, I like this guy because he's, he's walking, he's running, he's on the move. That's when we can give what we've got to someone else. Notice I I don't have an arrow coming from the other person because I don't know where that person gets their comfort from but this person gets it from the Holy Spirit and gets it from Scripture and they've got something of God to pass on. So let's just finish as I bring it personally and ask the question where do we get our comfort from? I used to just think a little bit about that where do we normally go to get our comfort because after looking at this my encouragement would be don't choose to get your comfort from the world don't choose to get your comfort from the things that the world can give us And be ready to repent, even where we realize that we've been getting our comfort from the wrong place. If we don't repent, we're not really going to do much about it. Repent means to change our mind it means we're going in one direction, and we say, "No, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to keep on doing it and we we walk in another direction be ready to repent and let's receive comfort from the scriptures let's get in to the scriptures let's call on the Holy Spirit to come to our side and let's receive all that he wants to graciously give us and let's be those who pass it on Let's be those who, when they receive something, we're not like the Dead Sea, and we just hold on to it, but we pass it on to somebody else because the more we do that, the more we're going to be receiving from God. And I'm reminded, I just want to leave one person's name in our mind, and it's Barnabas, the man Barnabas. You remember him? (coughs) Barnabas they gave him a name and, and they said Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And the word that they used for encouragement, surprise, surprise, it's the word for comfort. Paraclesis. He's son of comfort. That's who he was. If you know the story, Barnabas believed in Paul the apostle. And he went and stood by him. More than that, he acted as an advocate for him because he went to the disciples in Jerusalem and said, no, this man over here, he's got something. We need to be in fellowship with him. And he brought encouragement to this man, Paul, and this man, Paul, turned the world upside down. Oh, that we might be people like Barnabas who all we do is bring a comfort And that person turns the world upside down. So this is the sounds of comfort that uh, hopefully will will ring in our ears as we go into this Christmas time. So thank you very much.
0: You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.